الحمد لله وكفى والصلاة والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مثل الذي يذكر ربه والذي لا يذكر ربه كمثل الحي والميت أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Most respected Allah Kiram, brothers and elders, mothers and sisters. They are one of two states that a person can be in. There isn't a third state. One is the state of zikr, the state of remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So either a person is in the state of remembrance of Allah Ta'ala or not. There is no third possibility. The state of zikr is the state that every mu'min should be in. And when he is not in this state, he is in the state of ghaflat. Unmindfulness, heedlessness. So these are the two states. What we should be achieving, trying to achieve, is that a person is constantly in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, does this mean that he would 24 hours have the tasbih in his hands, be reciting some tasbih, some zikr, some tilawat? That's not necessary. Meaning not necessarily that that remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is confined to a person being verbally engaged in zikr all the time. What this actually refers to is that a person never becomes unmindful of Allah Ta'ala, he is forever conscious of Allah Ta'ala. The consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is something that remains with a mu'min or should remain with a mu'min as they say 24-7. A person sometimes wonders that how can this be possible? One has to be engaged in his work, engaged in other issues, in family matters. So when all these things have to carry on in life, how can it be possible that a person is forever conscious of Allah Ta'ala? He would forget somewhere. People like us do forget a lot of times, not somewhere, very often. But those who Allah Ta'ala has blessed with the reality of this, then they are forever conscious. Our Hazrat Wala Rahmatullah Ali, once gave an example of this. That how can this be possible that a person is forever conscious of Allah Ta'ala? He is never ever unmindful. Can this ever happen? He says, yes, it can happen. And then he gives the example that supposing person, a thorn, somehow gets into his foot and it breaks off. Now the one portion is inside the foot and it's now the rest of it is already broken out. So he can't even pull the whole thing off. It's stuck in there. And take it for granted that he's got no means of taking it out now. He has to probably is on a journey somewhere in some jungle. And there's no way he can take it out. It'll be days maybe before he gets to the nearest hospital or anything. Now in that week, in that month, and if it happens that whole year goes like that, 
life will carry on he'll eat he'll drink he will travel he will do whatever is necessary and if somebody comes along and they try to cheer him up and they laugh and joke something so he will smile also if it's something funny he'll even laugh about it too but in that laughing and in the joking and in that smiling in that eating in that drinking in fulfilling whatever other needs he has would he ever become oblivious of this thorn that is still in his foot that will still be there that this is still hurting me no matter what he is doing whether he is talking whether he is laughing whether he is joking he is cheering somebody else up but in all those situations also he is not hasn't forgotten he, he can't forget because this is with him it's stuck in there in his foot it's that pain is there so just as this can be possible that a person can be doing all kinds of things but he can't forget that pain because it's a physical thing we can understand it likewise when the love of allah taala permeates the heart of a mu'min and the remembrance of allah taala permeates the heart of a mu'min then no matter what he is doing no matter what kind of outward condition he may be in in terms of the dunya but his heart would not be in one moment also in ghaflat sheikh abu hasan sha'arani rahmatullah alayhi says once i was making tawaf of the kaaba sharif and i saw one person he is shedding tears profusely and he is in a state where any person sees him would say subhanallah what a wonderful condition this person is in and he was begging and crying allah taala blesses some people with this ability of kashf etc so he says i focus towards his heart and i realize that this person is far away from allah taala his whole heart was immersed in dunya so he was right at the kaaba sharif he was holding the ghilaf of the kaaba sharif he was crying he was shedding tears but his heart was somewhere else and his heart was in dunya so he says in any case then i came to mina it was hajj so when i came to mina i see one person standing there on the road side and he is very busy selling all his goods his wares and because of being so busy from a distance anybody sees him say this person it cannot be possible that he has any degree of remembrance of allah at this moment in time say but when i focus towards him i realize this person's heart was immersed in the zikr of allah taala for one second also he was not unmindful of allah taala so a person was in the midst of deen but he was far away from allah taala's remembrance because there was some dunya that he was focusing on his heart was crying for dunya only and there was a person who apparently was in the midst of dunya but his heart was soaked in zikr and this is what one poet put it in a very beautiful couplet wo duniya ke mashghalon mein bhi ba khuda rahe sabke saath reh ke bhi sabse juda rahe he sums up the condition of the ahlullah ke duniya ke mashghalon mein bhi ba khuda rahe in all the activities of the world everything that anybody else does they also do the permissible things but in all those things they remain with allah taala they remain mindful and remember remember allah taala sabke saath reh ke bhi sabse juda rahe 
though they were with everyone, they were away from everyone. Physically, they were with everyone, laughing, joking, talking, being part of day-to-day life. But their hearts, hearts were somewhere else. Their hearts were with Allah Ta'ala. So the point is that this remembrance is something that is required. It's possible. But it requires that we are going to make the effort. Step for step, nothing happens overnight. But a person needs to have the destination in front, the objective. So in any case, this is how does this objective get achieved? The consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, for that is the verbal zikr. The verbal zikr is a means to an objective. It is not the objective in itself. The objective is the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. And the verbal zikr in all its various forms. We also restrict the verbal zikr to merely taking the tasbih, sitting down, reciting some tasbih. That is zikr. But the verbal zikr is not just restricted to that also. The verbal zikr is something far beyond that too. And zikr in itself, the concept of zikr is far beyond that. So the zikr is a very, very great thing. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala says, Wala zikrullahi akbar. The zikr of Allah Ta'ala, this is the greatest thing. The name of Allah Ta'ala. How powerful is this name of Allah Ta'ala? If you think about it, that a person takes an animal, sheep, goat, chicken, whatever it may be, and he slaughters it, deliberately leaving out the name of Allah Ta'ala. What is the end result of that? It's totally haram. And he takes the name of Allah Ta'ala and slaughters it. That animal became halal. He did the same action. He severed the same veins. There was nothing different in the action that he performed. What was the difference? The difference was the name of Allah Ta'ala. He took the name of Allah Ta'ala that made that animal halal. He is out hunting somewhere and he is hunting with his bow and arrow and he takes the name of Allah Ta'ala and releases that arrow and it shoots the prey and he didn't get to it in time to slaughter it, it died but some blood flowed Masla is in detail in its place that animal has become halal and if he just shot that arrow without that Bismillah then even if it might have actually severed the throat somehow he got the arrow in such a manner that it cut the throat open and as if it resembled an animal that was slaughtered correctly. That too is still haram completely. What's the difference? The difference is the name of Allah Ta'ala. If taking the name of Allah Ta'ala can make the difference between halal and haram, what could have been haram? By taking the name of Allah Ta'ala it became halal. So that heart which is filled with haram, if a person sincerely takes the name of Allah Ta'ala, won't it get filled with halal, with pure things? Won't that bismil, that name of Allah Ta'ala and the zikr of Allah Ta'ala done with sincerity, done with consciousness, won't it slaughter all that haram out? Won't it clear out, but it needs to be done diligently. It needs to be done with that correct frame of mind. That it will slaughter all these animals in the heart. All these animals that take a person towards animal conduct, animal behavior. So the zikr of Allah Ta'ala is a tremendously great thing. And especially in the times when there is an abundance of ghaflat. 
like for example the current time of the year that we are in when the degree of ghaflat starts rising and comes to a peak in fact in such a time the amount of zikr should be increasing because the environment it catches any person environment affects anybody and if a person is not conscious he is not increasing his extent of zikr he can become a target of the ghaflat also so what is the things that will increase this zikr and will dispel this ghaflat one is the tasbihat etc that we recite in one hadith nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam advised one sahabia and he said to her addressing all the women via her alaykunna bit tasbih wat tahleel wat taqdees that excessively recite tasbih alaykun all fast on to this excessively recite tasbih and the glorification of allah taala and tahleel la ilaha illallah and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam further then says that count it on your fingers also because his fingers also will be questioned on the day of qiyamah and they'll be made to talk so if you are counting no harm in using a tasbih but some should some zikr should be made on the fingers also so it will testify on the day of qiyamah that i was used to count the zikr of allah taala and then nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says wala taghfulna fatansayna arrahma don't become ghafil otherwise you'll get deprived of the rahmat of allah taala this ghaflat it deprives one of the rahmat of allah taala so in this time of the year when this ghaflat comes to a peak every direction is ghaflat people who are generally conscious of deen that person who suddenly just takes leave from deen to holiday from deen whereas deen is a holiday and in these situations a person has to be hyper conscious when the zikr of allah taala he will be remembering allah taala he'll remember who he is because this becomes the first problem when a person forgets allah taala the quran sharif allah taala says wala takunu kal ladina nasullaha fa ansahum anfusahum they don't become like those who forgot allah taala when they forgot allah taala what happened fa ansahum anfusahum allah taala caused them to forget themselves how can a person forget himself you ask a person his name he'll tell you his name where you come from he'll tell you where he comes from what you do he'll tell you all that what do you mean he forgot himself we forget who we are in terms of our iman person forgets i'm a mu'min a mu'min doesn't take himself to certain places how am i here he forgot he's a mu'min he's not supposed to be here in the vice dens in the haram places person forgets who he is he forgets some an ummati of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and what am i doing in this kind of conduct in this kind of behavior he forgets that being an ummati of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam my actions will be bringing either happiness or pain to the mubarak heart of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam good actions will bring happiness evil actions from me will bring pain so how can i be a source of this that i bring pain to the mubarak heart of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam like if he is not in zikr he'll forget this 
he'll forget this connection with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This incident which mentioned last week, for the benefit of those who were not there, that there was this Alamgir Rahmatullah was a very pious person. He had a lot of love for the Ahlullah, for the pious people. And if he came to know of some pious person somewhere, he would even go to meet him, to take his du'as, despite being the king. So one day, this one person used to keep coming and disguising himself, that was his life, disguising himself and trying to fool people. When he fools them, they get mistaken. And he says, well, I fooled you now, so you must give me some money. So now this was his life. So this is not somebody who is close to deen. Somebody who conducts himself in this way, not a close person who is very conscious of deen in practice. So he used to come to Alamgir, Rahmatullah as well, disguising himself in different forms. And he says that, well, but Alamgir, Rahmatullah used to always identify him. You haven't fooled me, you are so and so. So time carried on, and this fellow now was waiting for some something, now he is doing all this to get some money out. Alamgir was playing him on to. He says, till you don't fool me, you get nothing. So one day he decided, well, the king obviously now is going to get something out of him, be bigger than the others. So he decided to now do something really, which will really fool him. So he went out of the city into the jungle. And he's sitting there, he pitched up on, pulled on a small hut and started engaging himself in ibadat full time. So gradually this message started filtering through one very big guzrug out there. And it eventually came to the ears of Alamgir Rahmatullah as well. Very, very big guzrug there. He was just pretending he had nothing. <coughs> Any case, one day Alamgir Rahmatullah was on a journey. So he made it a point to go to stop and visit this person. So he came, stopped, visited him, sat with him. This person started talking some high level things which he had learned for the, for the purpose that he was sitting here. So he became very impressed. MashaAllah, this person knows a lot. And then he presented him with a bag of gold coins as hadiyah. So he presented him with this bag of gold coins. This fellow takes that bag and he throws it away. Back. He says, what do you think? We are the scum of this world. That... The first meeting now, you just give me a whole bag of gold and I want to take it. Hadiyah is established, but Hadiyah is as a result of Muhammad. There has been some affinity, some Muhammad, some ta'alluq. Now a person that gives rise to that feeling in his heart that he wants to share something also. But the first meeting, there has been no affinity that has been built up. So what is the purpose of this? So he threw it back at him. So this impressed Alamgir Rahmatullah even more. MashaAllah, this person really seems to be somebody. So in any case, he refused that. So he took it along and now he's returning. As he came to his conveyance, now this fellow runs out from that hut and he reveals his identity. He removes the disguise. And he says, now I fooled you. Now bring my reward. So in any case, now he did fool him. So as he was promised, Alamgir gave him some money. Then he asked him one question. He said, but tell me something. 
that the reward that was promised to you, which you now got, was comparatively a very small amount compared to that whole bag of gold coins. And all this chakkar you were up to was for the sake of money, nothing else. And that money was already in your hand. That old bag of gold was in your hand. You threw that away and now you're settling for this small amount, comparatively small amount. This is a riddle now. I can't figure out what's the secret behind this. You're doing it for money. You had the money in your hand. You should have kept that. And I wouldn't have taken it back because I gave it to you. And you fooled me, fine. So he said that the reason for throwing that money at that time back was at that time I was in the guise of the Ahlullah. I was pretending to be one of them. So I had to conduct myself like them. Otherwise, I would have brought disgrace on all of them. That I was pretending to be one of them and I still fell for the dunya. So it would appear that anybody who is devoting himself to Allah Ta'ala is not really sincere. He is also all just doing it for the money, that's all. He is just all a pretense and this is his life. My action would have reflected on all the pious people. Because I was in their guise. So though that was a far bigger amount, I didn't want to become the means of disgracing all of them. Now this is a person who is far away from deen in action. Conducting oneself like this, disguising oneself and fooling people and getting money out of them is not something that's anywhere close to deen. But despite being far away in action, his heart and mind was on another level. And he was thinking very correctly in this regard. So likewise, we also have this identity. We also have this guise of Islam. We also have the name of Muslim. And we have to also respect this identity. Our actions reflect on the community of Muslims. Person now is at the beach, this time of the year, in the middle of the crowds, and he is conducting himself in some other way as well. And anybody and everybody can identify as a Muslim. So what difference is there between us and him? So why do we have to look beyond what we have? How we are conducting ourselves, this person is doing the same thing. So what difference is there between the two? Nothing else to do. Person is conducting himself in business in a way that is no different to somebody else in terms of the lack of honesty, or the lack of clarity, the lack of conducting the business correctly. That person says, I do this and he does it. We both are on the same level. What difference? Socially, person conducts himself in a way which is far away from deen, from Islam. So as an individual, nobody knows him. Few people know him. People around him only. Other people who see him only know him as a Muslim. They don't know him anything else. See, well, if Muslims are like this, then what's the difference between me and them? We're all the same. So a Muslim lives up to the identity. He lives up to this nisbat and connection he has with Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. With deen, with Islam. So this zikr brings this remembrance and makes him remember himself. Zikr makes him remember himself. Who am I? I'm a believer in Allah wa ta'ala. I'm an ummati of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the zikr is such a thing 
that even in just merely pretending to make zikr also is not without his benefit. Just merely imitating zikr also is not without his benefit. There's one incident in the Hadith Sharif. One Sahabi by the name of Abu Mahzura radiallahu ta'ala So he was still not a Muslim. Nabi Islam was on some expedition and he was a young boy. So as the Sahaba passed by this place, they stopped there. So now they gave Azan. So this Abu Mahzura radiallahu as a young boy, he's hearing the Mu'azzin and now he's imitating him. He's also calling out the Azan. He's not a Muslim. He's just imitating him. Perhaps in a mocking way too. Allah alam. So, Nabi Sallallahu said, catch him and bring him here. They caught him and brought him. So, when they brought him, he said, well, give the Azan again. So, now he started giving the Azan because he was instructed to do so now. Now he's captured, so to say. So, he says that when I gave the Azan to the first time when he gave it, when he came to Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, he said it very softly because now he didn't want to even say the shahadat aloud. Because he had no intention of saying it. He was just under, so to say, duress. And now he's saying it under duress. So he said it very softly. Nabi Sassu said, say loudly. So he repeated it, but loudly this time. See, when I said it loudly, now he's saying it under duress. He said, Imam entered my heart. I said it loudly that Iman entered my heart. Whereas this was just an imitation of that Mu'azzin what he heard. He was not even saying it with the intention of really coming into Iman at that time. But when he said it loudly, that conviction just came away. And then he formally entered into Iman. So this was that imitation of Zikr, but that imitation also is so powerful that it has its effects. person can't escape its effects. But if a person puts his heart and mind in it, puts his soul in it, then how much more will this have an impact and an effect on his heart? So one is in this Hadith Sharif as we just heard now, Nabi Wasallam emphasized, alaykun, reciting tasbih, tahleel, la ilaha illallah, etc. So these tasbihat, whatever tasbihat have been prescribed to us, this is one of the essential aspects of zikr. Then in Hadith, Nabi Islam says that Man qara'a ashara ayatin fi laylatin lam yuktab minal ghafilin. As we said initially, there's two states one of zikr or non zikr, the state of ghaflat. So Nabi Islam says the one who recites 10 ayat in the night, just 10 ayat. And if he recited at least 10 ayat in a night, he won't be recorded among the ghafilin, among those who were unmindful of Allah Ta'ala. And if he recites a hundred ayat, kutiba min al he'll be recorded as among the obedient servants of Allah Ta'ala. But the lesson we learn from this is that the tilawat of the Quran Sharif is the antidote to ghaflat. Person recites this ayat, he won't be written among the ghafilin. The tilawat dispels ghaflat. So a mu'min's life and a mu'min's day and night cannot be without tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif. And in these times of the year, normally it happens that when it comes to the so-called holiday time, and a person who is conscious of his salah, he has been performing his salah regularly, inshallah he'll carry on. person is very regular on his salah, it's very difficult not to perform it. 
But many a person who is regular on his salah and on his tasbihat and tilawat, etc. Come holiday, the tilawat, the tasbihat, all that starts getting relaxed. Because it's time for relaxation. So that starts getting relaxed as well. But when that starts getting relaxed, there cannot be a vacuum. And a person's iman is never constant. It is either improving, increasing or it's decreasing. So when he is in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, that iman is improving. Now when he's cut down, he's relaxed, the zikr, the tasbihat, the tilawat. So other things start creeping in. Other things start creeping in, then whatever is left of that zikr also starts decreasing. What he relaxed half, the other half starts getting impacted. And that also starts decreasing. And then someday it gets missed completely. And then when it gets missed completely, it opens the doorway to missing it day after day. And before a person knows it, his days and weeks have gone. So when the time of the year has come where this ghaflat has increased, the normal amount of zikr, tasbihat, tilawah that a person makes, he should actually increase it a bit. He should actually add to it so that the ghaflat that is now increasing all around, this becomes a protection, a safeguard. He doesn't get caught up in the ghaflat. He should be adding to his zikr, his tasbihat, his ma'amulat. Not that he should be decreasing. Then another very vital part of the zikr is actually dua. Dua is also an antidote to ghaflat. And dua with ghaflat is not dua. In the hadith, Nabi Wasallam says, when a person asks from Allah Ta'ala, then ask Allah Ta'ala, فَسَلُوهُ وَأَنْتُمْ مُوْقِنُونَ ijaba." Then ask with conviction that Allah Ta'ala will answer your dua. And then Nabi Wasallam says, and Allah Ta'ala does not listen to the dua of a heart that is in ghaflat. Person's tongue is in dua and his heart is far away somewhere else. And that's not dua. So if a person puts his heart into dua, that becomes a means of dispelling the ghaflat. So dua. Then the other essential thing for dispelling ghaflat is muraqaba. Among the various aspects of muraqaba is the muraqaba of the Na'mats and the bounties of Allah Ta'ala. This ayat of the Qur'an Sharif that was recited right at the beginning, فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرُكُمْ Allah Ta'ala says, you remember me, I will remember you. Zikr, and immediately with zikr is mentioned shukr. وَشْكُرُوا لِي وَلَا تَكْفُرُونَ A person who remembers Allah Ta'ala will be grateful. Otherwise, he'll become ungrateful. So that muraqaba of the ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala. That what would Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with? Starting off with Iman, with being in the Ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, with all the various bounties of deen, and then all the other things, in terms of whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed a person with, how much can we count? And then to make shukar on this, but not just shukar, like somebody for example is owing us money, that person comes and pays us back. When he comes and pays us, he's giving us our money, we still tell him Jazakallah, we thank him for it. But when we thank him for it, we don't feel in our heart one bit that he has done us some favor. No, he's done his duty. But we still thank him for it. Our sugar to Allah Ta'ala will not become like that kind of sugar. 
that we feel we deserved what we got. And we just make it sugar. No, to be convinced I didn't deserve one drop and one grain of this. I didn't deserve anything. Rather, I was deserving of the opposite. But out of His grace, Allah Ta'ala has blessed me with all this. It wasn't anything that I deserved. So with that frame of mind, on the one hand, to make muraqaba of the bounties of Allah Ta'ala, and make shukar on it, and then to compare our condition in the backdrop of these bounties. Allah Ta'ala blessed me with all these things. How have I responded? How have I, have I responded in terms of fulfilling my obligations to deen? Have I fulfilled all my salah correctly? Have I recited the kalam of Allah Ta'ala? Have I been remembering Allah Ta'ala? Have I been fulfilling the rights of people? And in the backdrop of these na'mas and bounties, how we have responded in staying away from the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala? Have I guarded my eyes, such a great na'mat of Allah Ta'ala? My ears, my tongue, my hands, my feet, my heart. So to sit and think about this, to reflect, to ponder, to ponder over all these na'mat. We can't even ponder about one na'mat. So to think about this, this is also a very deep zikr. And when a person truly reflects, then this creates a conscience. And now he starts feeling difficult to use that hand for anything but what it is meant for. To use the eyes for anything but what Allah Ta'ala is pleased with. If something belongs to somebody else, it's uh, shoes of some very big buzruk, the Imam of the Haram Sharif came away, or somebody else, some big buzruk came. So when a person now just, he's walking, he knows whose shoes he is, will he just kick it around? It's shoes, but he'll respect it. Because it belongs to a big personality. But as his shoes. And if that personality gave it to him then as a gift, then this becomes tabarruk. Now he treasures it. Instead of putting it on his feet, he'll sometimes put it on his head. But as it shoes. But he has that much of respect for it because it came from a very senior, very great personality. So what, what some senior great personality who is also a total slave of Allah Ta'ala gave us, that we have that respect for, that we appreciate, that we give the due regard to it, what Allah Ta'ala Himself gave us, that we just take it for granted, that we don't consider that this is a gift from the king of all kings. So this to reflect, now when a person will sit and think about this, reflect upon it deeply, then it becomes difficult to even move that hand in the wrong direction. To let the eyes be in the wrong place. Like when a person reaches, this is not something that is, uh, think that people like us should even try for it. But they are those servants of Allah Ta'ala. That when the, like we say respect, now for example some buzru comes, we surround with respect, they are those servants of Allah Ta'ala who cannot sleep or sit in any way. They don't even sleep with their legs outstretched completely. Sheikh Abul Hassan Sha'arani Rahmatullah he once slept in that manner and he heard a voice from the unseen that, oh you disrespectful fellow, does a slave sleep in front of the king like this? And he immediately brought his legs back up 
and his whole life he never ever stretched his legs out. Now this is not a masla now. It's not a masla and this is not a ruling that a person is not allowed to stretch his legs out and sleep. We must stretch our legs out and sleep. We don't try it the other way around. We must get our salah in order, get our zikr in order, get our tilawat in order, we stretch our legs out and sleep, no problem. But the point that we are learning from this is that these people reach these levels when that consciousness now, this was, he heard this voice from the unseen, it has been mentioned about Hazrat Muhammad that he had this condition that overcame him from a very young age. And he could never ever sleep with his legs stretched out. As a result of the same consciousness, he was so overwhelmed with it. Though this is again not a masla, that he could not even bring himself to kill a mosquito. This is a makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. He once wrote to Hazrat Tanvi that I am so overwhelmed with this condition that I cannot kill this mosquito also. Whereas it's a harmful insect person can kill it. So the balance now was such a delicate thing. How do you advise such a person? But these are the Ahlullah. And this is the benefit of when a person consults, he gets direction. Tani Rahmatullah was after all Mujaddi the Billad. What balance? On the one hand, when a person is overcome with some spiritual condition, which is not something that's against Shariat and Deen, it's a spiritual condition. You don't force a person to change that or do something against that. Because now it will create a major turmoil within him. But at the same time, you don't make that condition a masla. So he told him, you don't do it, you tell somebody else to do it. He said, I can't kill the mosquito also. You don't do it, you tell somebody else to do it. So somebody must not derive the wrong lesson out of this that it's haram to kill mosquitoes also now. If he just told him, no, don't kill it then. So that it is not permissible to kill the mosquito. So you don't do it, tell somebody else to do it. But the point that we are deriving from here is that these spiritual states come to these people because of this overwhelming consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Somebody cannot now sleep with his legs stretched out, which is not a masla in any way. Can't even bring himself to kill a mosquito. So likewise, when a person will reflect deeply on the bounties of Allah Ta'ala, what would Allah Ta'ala bless me with? Now he will at least come to that level where he cannot move that limb towards haram. Halal, by all means. Our Hazrat Wala used to keep saying, Ke halal mein kami mat karo, haram bilkul mat karo. Don't skimp in halal, obviously within reasonable limits. Not that a person overindulges in anything. Don't skimp in halal, don't ever do haram. If a person being indulgent in halal, if that becomes a means of saving from haram, alhamdulillah. So the lesson or the issue is that we have to now develop this consciousness of the bounties of Allah Ta'ala. And that to bring it to that level where it becomes very difficult for a person to look in the wrong place, to think wrong, to bring any, deliberately bring wrong thoughts in his mind and heart, plan and scheme wrong. So all this is comes with the zikr. The extent the zikr is developed. And especially in this time of the year, this is something we have to be giving even more attention to so that we become safe from the ghaflat. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.
يسجلوا شريف لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم ہو جائے میرا دل ایک میدان غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر 
चाहता हूँ मैं तेरी पना मुझसा खलक में कोई नहीं गो बद किरदार नामासिया तो भी मगर गफ्फार है यारब बख्श दे मेरे सारे गुना अब तो रहे बस्ताद में आखिर विरदे जबाए मेरे इना राज राग रे खुदा महरम न बोन 
آہ راجز آسما ہم دم نبون راز را غیر خدا محرم نبون الہی بندرا رسوا مکن گربدم من سر من پیدا مکن الہی بندرا رسوا مکن گربدم من سر من پیدا مکن ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آ جا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 الحمد ربنا في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار إله العالمين يا الله most merciful Allah most kind and gracious Allah most loving and compassionate Allah إله العالمين يا الله you forgive us يا الله Allah forgive all our major and minor sins يا الله Allah forgive our families يا الله forgive our relatives يا الله forgive our friends يا الله Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, shower down your rahmat on the ummah, ya Allah. Ya Allah, shower down your rahmat and forgiveness on the ummah, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, remove the azab from the ummah, ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the tawfiq of doing those a'mal that bring down your rahmat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save the entire ummah from those a'mal that bring down your azab, ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, ya Allah, shower down your blessings and maghfirat, ya Allah. Shower down your barakat, ya Allah. Shower down your rahmat, ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, remove the suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the oppression from the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, wherever the Muslims are being oppressed, remove the oppression, Ya Allah. Grant Hidayat to the oppressors also, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, if Hidayat is not decreed for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth, Ya Allah. 
ilahul alamin ya allah you grant us complete hidayat ya allah ilahul alamin make us steadfast in deen ya allah ya allah give us istiqamat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah enable us to fulfill all the obligations of deen ya allah enable us to perform our five times salah with jamaah ya allah grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya allah ya allah make our salah the kind of salah you are pleased with ya allah ilahul alamin save us from a salah of ghaflat ya allah Save us from zikr of ghaflat, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah. Save us from any action in ghaflat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make every action of our zikr, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, immerse our hearts in your remembrance, ya Allah. Remove the ghaflat from our hearts, ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us mindful of you in every moment of our life, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, grant us your nisbat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a connection with you, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, join our hearts to you, ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the love of the evil from our hearts, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, put the hatred of evil in our hearts, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, ya Allah, grant us istiqamat on deen, ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove all the difficulties and hardships, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, all those who have passed away, fill their qabars with nur, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, make their complete maghfirat, ya Allah. Grant them high stages in the akhirat, ya Allah. Ya Allah, the time of all that take us with the kalima, la ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh, ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us on iman and kamil, ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a good death, ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us death on iman, ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us a death that you are pleased with, ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, fill our qabars with nur, ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our qabars with nur, ya Allah. Make our qabars gardens of jannah for us, ya Allah. Ilahu al-alamin, make the questioning of the qabar easy for us, ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, enable us to answer correctly at that time, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamira, daima. Ya Allah, all those in any kind of hardships and difficulties, remove their hardships, Ya Allah. Grant its man afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk and sustenance, Ya Allah. Make hifazat of each one's, Ya Allah, life, wealth, property, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make hifazat of the iman and amal of every Muslim, Ya Allah. Ilahul alamin, Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Protect the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, let us do those kind of a'mal that bring the happiness to the Mubarak heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, save us from causing taklif to the Mubarak heart of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alameen, save us from this terrible deed of causing taklif to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ya Allah, ilahul alameen, ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the good that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam begged for. Ya Allah, we are also begging for all that good, ya Allah. Whatever Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, ya Allah, you grant us protection as well, ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammadun sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-aliyya al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina Muhammadi wa alihi wa sahabi ajma'in walhamdulillahi rabbil alam